I want to uh, just share with you guys a couple of thoughts on crime and violence, because obviously it's ridiculous in Indianapolis. And so I went back and did some checking and had some thoughts on how the city could deal with this issue and some things you could do in the, in the short term and the long term. And three things that um, I came up with, this was uh, back in 2019, I think it was, yeah. Tougher penalties for crimes committed in certain areas. Creative post-sentencing convictions. And increased investment in proven anti-crime initiatives. For example, since crime tends to occur specifically in low-income areas. If I were in the city of Indianapolis, that's a big if, I'd work with the state officials to create what I call an economically challenged zone, based obviously on census data, and increase the penalties for offenses committed in those areas. And we do it already. You know, certain crimes are committed near churches or schools or certain liquor stores can't be within a certain number of feet of, you know, churches or schools, whatever. Then you do that. And once again, that goes a long way to dealing with problems and issues. Now, some folks say the crime will just move to other areas. I'm not fully convinced that'll, that'll happen. That's one thing you can do. Uh, something else uh, I think can be done is if I were once again running the show, I'd work with uh, creative post-sentencing convictions or post-conviction sentencing. In other words, I'd work with the criminal justice system and implement a program where nonviolent first-time offenders are actually sentenced to school as part of their probation. Because actually, a judge under state law, actually IC 35-38-2-2-2.3, as part of probation, can order a defendant to, quote, work faithfully at suitable employment or faithfully pursue a course of study or career and technical education that will equip the person for suitable employment. In other words, you're nonviolent, first-time offender, you're going to school. And it's actually cheaper than incarceration. And the long-term result is a productive citizen who, well, I don't know, they've learned how to repair homes as opposed to breaking into them. Now, I know some people are thinking, Abdul, you're sentencing bad guys to free college. No, not necessarily. Because if... You don't go to school, <clears throat> excuse me, you don't go to jail. This person doesn't go to school as part of his or her probation. Guess what? They go to jail. Then number three, as we actually talked about with Reverend Harrison today, I would increase the investment in proven anti-crime strategies. In other words, let's go back and look at what we were doing back in 2009, 10, 11, and 12. 
when her murder rate was actually under 100. Remember those days? I do. Actually kind of long for them right now. And go back and fund those programs that work. Now, obviously, they'll take some adjustments because, you know, time's a little bit different than they were before. But at the end of the day, folks, I don't see how those three things, increasing the penalties of crimes committed in certain areas, creative post-conviction sentencing, targeted investments in proven crime strategies, wouldn't go a long way to solving our city's crime problem. Here's my number. Call me crazy. It's 842 on 9-